the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I think the temperatures came down just a bit. I think we're probably in the in the 70s out here, not quite in the high temperatures that we experienced a couple of weeks ago and even last week in the 80s and 90s. But it's hot in the National Football League, and there's some people in the hot seat, and I think they need more people in the hot seat but uh, obviously this week there was one coach that was a victim of the play of his team. And we all know who that is. America's team is now without America's original head coach uh, who started out this year. And, of course, we know that is uh, Wade Phillips. And uh, I guess there's only one Tony Dungy out there. And I say that because it's just in comparing the two, at least from a sideline personality, uh, they both seem to be very, you know, mild-mannered, very meek men, uh, but very confident, very intelligent, and uh, men who know the football game. Uh, I think there was a show of, let's say, appreciation and support um, earlier in the week or after the game or sometime where the players kind of applauded Wade and some comments, I guess, that he made. But I think for the majority of time, and, and remember, players and coaches, uh, the only difference in players and coaches, the majority of time, is, is an age difference. Sometimes there's a generation gap, but other times there's not. Some people may find themselves coaching players that are older than they are. Uh, I'm sure Brett Favre's been in that position a couple times. Uh, certainly, uh, Josh McDaniels, I think Tom Brady may be older than him. Certainly, there's a number of players that are on that Denver Broncos roster that's uh, that's older than he is. But I think it's a battle many times with players and coaches. It's players want to be respected. And as as young men... And, and and they find themselves in a position where they have a lot of money and the money doesn't make the man. But because they have acquired this, not wealth, we know what wealth is. You don't spend wealth. Uh, but because because they're getting these paychecks, these weekly paychecks, uh, they, they seem to think that, OK, I, listen, I got some value here. At least, you know, respect me to some, you know, some degree. Uh, treat me like a man. And and then you have these coaches here who 
who have these huge egos. You have two egos in the room, players and coaches. And the coaches feel like they win. The team wins because of the coaches. And the players feel like the team wins because of the players. When, in fact, it's the middle of the road. I don't think there is a great coach out there that could win without very good and a couple of great players. And I don't think very good and a couple of great players could win without a very good or a great coach. So it really is kind of a middle-of-the-road thing. And that's how come many times when there's a decision to be made, it, it's easier to see a decision being made about a player, and particularly if that player is not playing good, than it is to, to understand a decision about a coach. When indeed a coach, when they d- design plays and when plays are called, you know, then it's up to the team and the players to execute. So if the execution fails, if a player drops a pass, should a coach be held accountable for that? If a play doesn't work because somebody breaks through the line and they sack the quarterback, should a coach be held accountable for that? Or should the player be held accountable for that? And many times when we sit in, in the film room and we go over these plays, we walk through step by step. And, and you're able to look at a play and see either why it was successful or, or why it was unsuccessful. And you pretty much can pinpoint where it broke down at and who broke down, who didn't do their job. You, you, I, I have this thing about they always say that there's no I in team, but each man on that football team must look himself in the mirror and say, I did my job on that play. And it's one of those people, as they look into that mirror on a, on a specific play that didn't work, and they're breaking that play down, and they look at themselves. There's somebody who's looking at that play and then looking at themselves in the mirror and said, I didn't do my job. And, and there weren't enough of those people on the Dallas Cowboy team that was willing to look themselves in the mirror and say, I didn't do my job. They weren't being accountable, and they didn't correct it, and they didn't consistently do their jobs. And because of that, somebody had to go. Now, a coach's job is to, to motivate people and to get the best out of a workforce that they could do by, than they would do by themselves. Uh, you know they're at this level. They're at this level. Your job is to take them to a, a level beyond what they think they can even achieve. That's what the great ones are able to do. And that's why they're great motivators that you bring them out into corporate America and have them speak with your, your staff and find out, you know, what is it inside of them? that you somehow can challenge that to get them to exceed their highest expectations and have them look at themselves in the mirror and say, I can't believe I did that. I've never done that before. And, and that's what happens on a football field, on a basketball court, on a baseball team. You see people do some miraculous things of which they don't think they could ever do. And they find out that many times it's that person at the helm that was able to motivate them you know, to get their adrenaline flowing where, you know, they feel like they can run through walls. They certainly can jump higher, run faster, hit harder than they've ever done before. And the adrenaline is pumping that they're just ready and they're mentally prepared for a game. And so I think it was a combination of the players not doing what they should have done on the field and Wade not being able to continually on a, on a regular basis, consistently get them motivated to the point where they went out there and played beyond what they thought they could play. I think I've shared with the audience many times that I remember when I got a a pay raise 
And Leonard Toast came to me before a game, and he, as he would go down the locker, he would shake each player's hand and, and kind of get us, you know, excited about the game and, you know, just come in the locker room to wish us well. And I said I'd do my best. And I remember him stopping and turning back and looking at me after I received this nice bonus and said, no, you got to do better than your best. And I did. I earned my money. I was happy. But that just tells you something. No, they don't want your best. They want to see better because if you've played your best already, they expect you to play better the next week. And that's what teams always talk about, getting better each week. So with that being said, we know what happened down in Dallas. And I believe, let me see, technology is amazing. Oh, okay. Uh, I got somebody on hold here. I believe uh, I have Kim Harper on the line. Kim, of course, has hey. been very good. to. Hey, Kim, how you doing there? <laughs> I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, just wonderful. What's happening? Oh, my God. I, I heard you talking about it, and I said, oh, my goodness, I have got to call in. My my problem with Wade being fired, and, and I agree with a lot of what you said, but when a team wins, they always point to the quarterback or the coach. So when the team loses, you've got to expect them to point to the quarterback or the coach, even though everybody played a role in that win or loss. But more importantly, when they fired Wade, they hired Jason Garrett. Jason Garrett was a quarterback who didn't last one season for playing for the Cowboys, and now he's head coach. Uh, 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 well, listen. Well, let me let me just say this, <laughs> and I and I've often said this uh, in the past is that you know football is is one of these games where, or one of the professions of which your resume and your body of work does not have to include you participating in the sport and ever for, in order for you to be an expert. So you okay. can be an expert in football and never play the game. And an expert is a, a head coach. And, and so I'm, I'm assuming that, as you said, Jason's time on the field certainly uh, doesn't qualify him to be what we might say the qualifications should be for a head coach, but in this profession, it does. It's okay. He doesn't have to play. There are a few coaches out there in the league now uh, that didn't play uh, at at the professional level, uh, but they're uh, they're head coaches. As a matter of fact, uh, I remember talking to there was a coach I had here on the show, uh, Coach Chuck Clawson, and I remember that Chuck was uh, explaining to the audience uh, about a receiver that we had drafted back in Philadelphia on the first round, of which some people uh, didn't want us to get. Uh, it, it wasn't. As a matter of fact, it may not have been the number one choice for Dick Vermeil at the time, but it was the best damn choice he could have made, and that was Mike Quick. And, and we drafted Mike Quick, but but the problem was is that Marion Campbell realized that he needed a receivers coach that could coach Mike, and Marion was from the school of participating in the NFL. See, there's actually kind of a, a, a difference between and of opinion. And, and I don't even, I, and I'm not going to say a lack of respect, but there are the coaches that played and now are coaching, and there's the coaches that didn't play and are now coaching. And, and sometimes those guys who did not play, they're better teachers than those who played because those who played, you know, you know it's, it's like, listen, I don't need to motivate you. You're getting paid to do this. You love this game. You should know this game. You should know what it takes to study, to prepare, all those things. Right. Right. But 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 the teachers understand it. No, I've got to do a better job of teaching. 
And if I do a better job of teaching, then maybe I'll get a better result for my players. So J.C. Garrett may feel as if, you know, he didn't play. And, and a lot of times they'll take those guys that didn't play and they'll put them in a position. And the guys that play, they, they don't get those opportunities. Not as many of them. But, right. you, you, you know, you, I mean, look at how many Hall of Famers, with the exception of Dick LeBeau. I, I'd be interested in knowing how many other Hall of Famers became NFL coaches, particularly head coaches. And they're the greatest players to ever play the game. Well, he'll certainly have an opportunity to prove himself because everybody here is waiting to see. We're shaking our heads, and we know it's a Jerry Jones choice. But, you know, it's... And it's interesting you say that because there was a a debate this morning as I was (laughs) on my way out the door uh, with Skip and the young lady uh, that's on the show with him there. And the debate was about that. You know, if Jason Garrett was coach-in-waiting... And if he was handpicked by, by Jerry Jones to t- eventually take over. And wow. if, if that's the case, if, if, if this is the coach that he wanted anyway, because he paid the man $3 million as an assistant coach, uh, he's got what he wants. Yeah, that's true. Maybe. And he's going to have to have somebody he wants because that's the people he chooses. He does not choose the uh, Jerry Joneses of the world. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you hold on because we're going to talk about You said he chose who he wanted. We'll be right back on the other side of the break. This is Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And as I said, we'll be right back. Comprehend the guidelines. My chest out, chinchilla So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big-name stuff, too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little-known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
long time coming. But you know what they say, Kaye. Slow motion better than no motion. I walked in the crib. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And, and uh, our good friend, Kim Harper, uh, attorney Kim Harper, of course, uh, was just on the line with me prior to the break. And, and her, her uh, departing comment was uh, that down there in Dallas, they got what they wanted to get. And, and that is that, that Jerry Jones wanted Jason Garrett. And I'm not so sure that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but I do know that, according to Kim, that the people in Dallas aren't real happy. Now, I, I believe, you know, that it's been said that Jason Garrett is not necessarily a player's coach. Everybody's not going to necessarily rally around Jason Garrett. Now, there's a couple things that could happen. Uh, you know, is, is this, is Jason Garrett at this time? And I think I just, uh, hey, guys. The engineers back there, in case you guys uh, are unaware, I think I probably just, the screen went black, so I've done some, we're having some technical difficulties here, if you will. Uh, so maybe they can come in and see uh, what's going on. But anyway, let me just say this. Um, yeah, uh, Jason Garrett is, is, is not the family favorite, and because he's not the family favorite, um, there are a lot of people that are not happy about him down there. And I think I, some of these electrical wires down here, I may have kicked or touched or something like that. I, I'm getting some help from my man, Dion. Shout out to Dion, Detroit. Um, but because of the fact that Jason's not necessarily the fan favorite, and he's not even necessarily the favorite of the players, that means it's going to be a very hostile environment for his team now, because it's his team now, to take the field and have, you know, Fans that are there that are happy to see the team that are motivated. Of course, they want to see the team win. But if Jason Garrett isn't the person that they really want because they don't have any confidence in him, the first time his offense goes three and out, you're gonna hear a ton of boos. The second time his team goes three and out, you're gonna hear another set of boos. And so it's gonna be really rough for him. And and then not only that, you also got to think about the fact that the players aren't necessarily, you know motivated to play for Jason Garrett. After all, you know, Wade Phillips was their coach. He drafted those a lot of those players there. Uh, he was he picked them up as free agents. You know, he, that was the man of which, it, pretty much like college, you know, a, a person recruits you, a, co- a person brings you in, and there's a sense of loyalty to that individual. And, and, and so you kind of, you know, the two of you agreed to do this. And, and so, um, you know, you kind of come together, you agree to work together, and you do what's best for the team to win. This team didn't win, so they got rid of Wade. And now the players, are, some players are going to feel motivated that, hey, I am the reason that that man lost his job. Other people may feel as if he, being the coach, is the reason he lost his job. But what's going to happen is there are a lot of players that are going to come under a lot of scrutiny right now because Jerry Jones, okay, he got rid of the coach. The next time he starts handing out pink slips, they're going to go to players. So right now, everybody thinks that Jason Garrett is having an extended job interview with these last eight games. But every player on that team, and I do mean that because sometimes when a, player, when a coach gets a chance to come in and be a head coach, when he sits down with management in that interview process, you know, manager would like to know what type of coach he is, uh, 
and he would like to know what kind of management he's going to be working for. You know, management would like to know what his expectations might be in terms of, you know, how much involvement, how much control he would like to have, because obviously, you know, management's going to make that decision as to what he's going to have. But they'd like to have an ideal, you know, uh, of how much input you like to have in, in draft and, and, and free agency. You know, are you going to are you going to be the offensive coordinator, continue to be the offensive coordinator or, you know, are you going to uh, turn that over to somebody else? You know, so all those things are going to come into consideration. And then there are players. You know, there are players who are out there who will be concerned about that, too. You know, maybe some players uh, who may be free agents, you know. Maybe there's some guys who don't want to go to a team where the coach is the offensive coordinator and the head coach. Maybe they want to have somebody else that's calling the plays. Maybe they don't want the head coach to be, you know, the quarterback coach and the head coach, you know. Uh, Maybe the quarterback wants to have a relationship with a quarterback coach and not directly with his head coach, you know, that kind of thing. So so whatever it is, my man Dion trying to get me together here. And uh, his phone's going off. But those are the kind of things that's going to be happening down in in Dallas. It's going to be real sensitive there for this remainder of this season and and even the offseason. You know, they're supposed to be America's team. And, you know, everybody likes to hate them because, you know, who the hell told them they were America's team? Uh, But they didn't do a bad job of representing America. Let's just say that. If you looked at all the teams up and down, the 32 teams that exist. If you had to pick somebody that, that represented America, if they were to travel abroad and, and, and represent America, you know, pretty much like we have an Olympic team, you know, but at the professional football level, you know, who would you choose to be America's team? Yeah, I mean, who do you think really represents America better than, than anybody else? Is, is there a team? Would it be the New England Patriots? Would it be the New York Giants? Would it be the Philadelphia Eagles? Would it be the Washington Redskins? You know, you know who, who, who would it be? You know, uh, that, that's just something for us to think about. But, but right now, uh, that, that title belongs to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it will remain their title a- until somebody takes it away from them. But if the title has anything to do with their play on the field, we certainly know this year they're not America's football team. We, we certainly know that they, they haven't done the best job that they possibly could. Uh, in terms of representing America. And so, uh, Wade Phillips, you know, as as a man, I wish you the best. As a coach, I wish you the best. There can only be one Tony Dungy out there. And, And Tony's, you know, he's mastered that style of coaching. And he's won a Super Bowl. And he's been pretty successful as a coach. And so... We'll just see what happens with Wade Phillips. I think Wade is a damn good defensive coordinator. Although I know Dallas's defense has cost them some games. But uh, a man should not be measured by one season. You know, I, I know Marty Schottenheimer, who I play for, and a lot of people do not like Marty. Um, they don't think Marty could win anything. If you gave Marty a victory in his hand, they think he'd somehow drop it or flub it up. Uh, but I, I participated on those teams. I, I know that Marty wasn't the one that was responsible for the losses. I, I, I think it all had to do with us players on the field. And not one in particular, not two, three, four. But the team, all of us, 
I'd say we lost those games, and I wish we would have won those games for Marty because I myself personally enjoy playing for Marty Schottenheimer. I think that's the same thing that's going to happen for the Dallas Cowboys. You're going to find out that there are a lot of people that, that really enjoy playing for Wade Phillips, and, and they, they're going to find out that what they get, the grass isn't always greener. They may get somebody else in which they still had Wade, but, but certainly uh, Wade was deserving of better. I think that the players could have gave him more. Uh, shout out to, to, to Dad, what, Bryant. Dad, oh, man, is he, is he playing his butt off? I mean, the, probably one of the youngest men on the team. And he is the leader of that team right now. And uh, so we, we just, again, they're still America's team. I don't like them. You know I don't like them. I play for the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course I don't like the Dallas Cowboys. But they're part of the National Football League, of which I'm a fraternity member of and will be forever. And I do want to see the Cowboys to be more competitive because when the Cowboys play on, on TV, everybody watches. And nobody wants to see the Cowboys get blown out. We want to see them bring a competitive game to the viewing audience, both there and, you know, live and on TV. But we want to see them get beat at the end, but at least give us a good game. Because everybody wants to see you get beat, but we don't want to see you get blown out. We just want you to think you're going to win. And at the last minute, mm, Somebody just pulls the rug right up on you. So I had to spend some time on the Dallas Cowboys. I spent a lot of time on that. And I, I think I got to move on because I got a couple other things I got to talk about today, too. And um, I got to talk a little bit about, well, not a little bit. I'm going to talk a long time about this. Deshaun Jackson. Now, I think many of you know that Deshaun Jackson missed a game or two, maybe, uh, because of concussions. Now, here's the thing. That really, really, really concerns me is that Deshaun Jackson is now wearing a helmet that is not manufactured by the company of which sponsors the National Football League, which says to me that if Deshaun Jackson now is wearing a helmet, that is not the helmet of the company that sponsors the National Football League. I've got a, I got a serious question. I think everybody knows where I'm going here now. I'm okay with you putting a little swoosh mark on the side of my jersey. I'm okay with you putting a little swoosh mark on my chest. I'm okay with you putting a little swoosh mark on my thigh. I'm okay with that. But see, I had a problem with this years ago when I played out here in the Fiesta Bowl and, and the Ohio State University had a game. And, and I always wore a certain kind of shoe. I'm going to get a shout out to Converse back there. It was a grass shoe. And a certain coach by the name of Earl Bruce told me that I had to go in the locker room and change my shoes. And why did I have to do that? Because him... I'm assuming it was him, Earl Bruce, had got together with this company of which was Nike. And I'm assuming, this is an assumption, maybe it ain't true, maybe it's not factual. But he told us we had to go change our shoes and put on the shoes of which now we had an endorsement with. A company now has sponsored us and that was Nike, so we had to wear Nike shoes. I am hoping that Deshaun Jackson's helmet, that the players, not just Deshaun, that all players... And there could be some research done behind this. You, you see, I'm getting my voice is raised a little bit. Now I'm getting a little excited. Are you telling me at the expense of some 
sponsorship dollars that players are being put at risk because Deshaun Jackson now is wearing another helmet that's not manufactured by the team, by the company of which he had a helmet on when he got hurt. And so when he's now looking for a more protective helmet, he goes to another brand. There's something wrong with that. So somebody needs to be held accountable for that part. And I haven't heard anybody else talk about this. And it's not just me. This was in the Philadelphia Inquirer. I picked this article up out of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Now, it does say that players have the choice to wear another helmet. But I, I don't get that one. You know, there's some places where money can't buy everything. Money can buy some things, but money can't buy players' safety. I'm going to keep talking about this on the other side of the break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm going to finish living like it matters, and we'll be right back. School to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Get ready to go inside the minds and behind the scenes with the top professional athletes, celebrities, and music entertainers. It's a sports show like no other. Keeping it real. Keeping it real with former NFL wide receiver Jarris McIntyre is real talk with in-depth interviews, topical discussions, and a whole lot of comedy. You'll hear from the entertainers, the athletes, and the fans. Keeping it real. Keeping it real with Jarris McIntyre is broadcast live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The IS Outdoors Talk Radio Show brings two well-known outdoorsmen to the Voice America Network. We talk about everything from new sporting gear, places to hunt and fish, and how to get more from your recreation time. 
Join hosts Brock Ray and Don Kirk. With their combined experience of 60 years in the woods, Brock and Don have traveled widely, creating TV shows and writing articles on hunting and fishing. Blessed with down-home humor, they're also well-versed in environmental concerns, firearms ownership, and animal rights issues. Tune in every Thursday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time to IS Outdoors with Brock Ray and Don Kirk, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All righty, we're back. Listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And before I went to break, I just want to clarify a, a few things, if you will. When I was having my my little rant there and I was talking about, you know, what's what's available to players and what is not available to players. According to an article in the Philadelphia Choir, Deshaun Jackson is not wearing the helmet or was not wearing the helmet, which is the official helmet of the NFL, which is Rydell. You know, that's not the helmet he was wearing. He was wearing a shots helmet and he was wearing an older version of the shots helmet when he had when he let's say he sustained a concussion. My point that I want to make is I don't care what brand of helmet it is. I think that the players and there's enough research to find out which one of these helmets is the safest helmet. Let's get the safest helmet, period. And let's outlaw anything else. There's enough research out there to find out what's the sharpest um, what's what's the safest helmet. You see these crash tests that they run in cars? It's the same thing. That, that's all it is. It's a, a massive car wreck when one man hits another man. That's the same kind of damage. You see those bodies. If you would take the slow motion, and, and you've seen them on a couple pictures, those, those cameras that go frame by frame by frame, you can just hit it. If you see how a person's body absorbs and actually takes a hit, it's frightening. But yet still, that, the impact could be measured and how strong the gear is of protection could be measured. And they could find out what indeed is the safest helmet. Now, I want to say this. I come from a generation of some of the hardest hitting people to ever play the football game ever. Ronnie Lott, Kenny Easley. Jack Taylor was even on his way out when I was coming in. You know, Lawrence Taylor. You know, Todd Bell, Dave, shout out to Dave. Dave's here on the network, you know. Uh, Kwame, that's, yeah, all you, I, I'm throwing names out there, but just Google them. Look at some of the hits that they put, they've laid on people. But I am telling you this, in the game in, of the 80s and maybe even the early 90s, you did not see as many helmets during the game rolling around on the field. I doubt in all my years I ever played if my helmet came off twice in my entire career. And I played at least 100 games in the National Football League. I don't know if it came off once. And, and you, every game, you see somebody's helmet rolling around on the field. And not only that, you can't tell me that, that Ronnie Lott wasn't hitting people just as hard as anybody's hitting people today. How many people laid out on the field? They didn't lay out on the field. I mean, I don't care if they got smelling sauce or whatever. They were not knocked completely out with shots to the head. Shots to the head are not new. 
I'm thinking I, I, I got to pass this on and I got to say that somehow or another the equipment and the safety of the equipment, in particular the helmet, has been compromised somewhere along the lines. Now, I'm just going to throw that out. there. I don't have any factual information, but I tell you, if you go back and you watch those games from years ago, tell me if you see helmets rolling around on the football field. Tell me if you see as many guys laid out unconscious on the football field as you do now. And tell me and look and see, weren't there headshots back then? Of course there was. There was. And, and now today, it's not, it's not any more headshots than there were back then. It's just, I think, my personal opinion is, you know, the details, the devil's in the details. Check out the equipment. And so now I want to bring it back to the point that I'm making is that players have a choice of a helmet. If they want to choose a different helmet than the one that is the official league helmet, they can. But why would a player want to choose a different helmet unless for some reason or another it's, he feels safer with that helmet? And some people say to look and the feel, all that goes along with it. But I think the league has a responsibility to, when you do your sponsorship deals, when it comes to equipment, let's make sure it's the best equipment. If, if Rydell is not the best helmet, they, should, they don't deserve to be. There's some things you just don't compromise on. You know, it's like, it's like in the house. You know, there's some things that my wife just says, listen, you know, you can buy store brands, certain things, but you, know, you can't, okay, make sure you bring some Charmin up in here. We can't, we can't, you know, there's certain things you just don't compromise on. Now, I know some stores think they, their store brand stuff is okay, but, hmm, I got to bring Charmin in the house. So, but, so, so, so that's all I'm saying. Let's not compromise on player safety. Now, if the league wants to get mad at me, don't get mad at me. Just check it out. Check it out and, and make the statistics available for all of us to know and to read about. You know, there, there's certain things that as sports fans, there's certain things that we want to know about. There's certain information you should share with us. You social network, you, you got your thing going on out there. Share some of this information with us. Let us know what you're doing for your players. You, you, you give us certain information, but we want to know all kind of information. We want to know all aspects of the game that's going on. And player safety is important. Plus, you know those people in fantasy football. You know, they got to know if somebody going to get a concussion or stands the risk of getting a concussion because they playing one of the big boys that week. He might get knocked out, which means he ain't going to get no points from me. So I don't want him on my fantasy team. Yeah, they do it like that. You know they do it like that. But I, I, just, I just had to talk about that. I had to dedicate a whole segment for that. And, you know, Deshaun was on my show. You know, Deshaun was here on the show this summer because, of course, he lost his dad. Um to a deadly disease, and, and he has an initiative out there, and, and he has, uh, I think it's, uh, it may be Deshaun Jackson 10. Uh, I'll get that information where you can support his foundation, uh, you know, in honor of his father. And he and his brother, I think, are making a movie as well. But uh, I like the way that young man played the game, and I want him to continue to play it recklessly, but I want to make sure that he's safe. And I, you know, a deal a sponsorship deal is not worth the safety of a player. We all, everybody has to know that. If that was your son out there playing football and you know that the league took a deal on some money and compromised the safety of your son and then your son got a concussion 
you would not be happy with that. Earl Bruce, somebody that Earl know I'm talking about him. I don't think it's fair that for some sponsorship dollars that a man takes the rest of his career by turning his ankle or twisting his knee, something of that nature, because, you know, the endorsement deal is more important than the player. And, and when you make me go put on some shoes that I'm not comfortable with and I'm a def- I'm a corner that ends up being a safety. So, you know, there's some questions about me out in that corner anyway. Yeah, I said it. You had the questions. I didn't have the questions. So I went ahead and did my thing with the shoes I had to wear because of a sponsorship deal. Guys in the NFL right now, they're wearing a helmet. And I don't know if they said to him, guys, listen, if you don't want to wear this helmet, you don't have to wear this helmet. You can wear whatever helmet you want to. We'll just we can't put the logos on that helmet. You can wear whatever helmet you want to. Now, they may sit down and tell them that. But how many of you out there knew that you're watching all these young men getting knocked out? All of them get knocked out. And it's all because of shots to the head. And there is a chance that they may not have the best equipment to absorb that hit on the football field. We don't know that. Because if that was the case, that it was the best equipment, there's not an option. What are you going to go get another helmet for? This is the best there is. How do you know that? Because research has proven it. What research? Three independent agencies came in and they tested these helmets in violent collisions. And here's the results. Competitive analysis. What's wrong with that? Players Union, you need to step up. NFL alumni, we need to step up. Everybody needs to step up. And this here that comes out, thank you, Philadelphia Inquirer. I still read the Philadelphia Inquirer. Way out here in Arizona, I'm still checking out the Philadelphia Inquirer. Good newspaper, good friends back there from the Inquirer. Some good information. And this article came out on Saturday. See, when y'all thought nobody was reading the paper on Saturday, I got it online. Deshaun Jackson gets a newer, bigger helmet from Shot Sports. Man. Okay, all right, I'm going I'm, I'm to leave it alone. I'm going to leave it alone. So I already, okay, I hit the helmet thing for you, Deshaun Jackson. But I got to talk about the Eagles again because, I, you know, when I watched the game, Mike Vick did his thing. You got to give credit to Mike Vick, you know. Don't call it a comeback. I told you that early in the year. Did y'all forget I said that? Rewind. Mm, mm, rewind. Go back. Listen to shows before. I told you don't call it a comeback. Do you, how many of you out there have forgotten that before Mike Vick ran into his problems, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he the highest paid player in the history of the National Football League? I may be mistaken. If I am, please call me, 888-346-9144, and correct me. But I believe before Michael Vick ran into his troubles, he was the highest paid player in the history of the National Football League because he was the highest paid player presently. And they got the guys today make more money than anybody ever did which means he's the highest paid player in the history of the National Football League prior to his problems off the field. So it shouldn't surprise you what you see in terms of his talent because he was paid like he was one of the most gifted players to ever play the game. And, and, and look at how much trouble, although Ben got out of a lot of it last night, look how much of a struggle Ben had to go through to elude the rush. And look how easy it was for Mike Vick. Man, Mike Vick, don't call it a comeback. Listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. 
I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. When I come back, I'm going to talk some more about them Philadelphia Eagles. Shouldn't have been called. No penalty. That receiver covered up. Come on. Get the guys a break. This is football. Kickers. <laughs> we'll be right back. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. Get ready to talk sports with someone who definitely has an opinion, but respects yours as well. The beginning of every week is Crunch Time with Keenan Howry. We'll talk about what happened this weekend and what to look forward to next weekend. Keenan and his guests are ready to discuss the issues with you about football and sports in general. It's Crunch Time with Keenan Howry. Every Monday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And make your voice heard. You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big-name stuff, too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little-known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the inside scoop on the Georgia Bulldogs. Tune in to Keelan Johnson on College Football Game Day on the radio and every day on KeelanJohnson.com. On Keelan's Keeping It Real Radio, you can talk to Keelan and his former teammates about the Bulldogs, college football, and all things sports. Keelan's the go-to analyst for Bulldog football on pre- and post-game television on KeelanJohnson.com. And now, every week on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in every college game day for Keelan Johnson, Keeping It Real Radio. Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports uh-huh uh-huh Cheer. rihanna uh-huh, uh-huh. good girl going back all righty mr rail sports on the voice america network i'm gonna finish living like it matters and uh show's almost over with i think this is my last segment I'm starting to feel a little bit like Sean Salisbury. What's up, Sean? Sean said he needs two hours. Kwame Lasseter, he needs two hours. Mark McMillan, he needs two hours. Dave Dorson, he needs two hours. Man, Keelan Johnson, he needs two hours. Oh, Keenan Howard, he needs two hours. Man, they all need two hours. Lionel Dalton, Lionel, you know you need two hours. You've been gone too long. Lionel just came back after... A stint away from us. Uh, welcome back, Lionel. Lemon Williams, he needs two hours. They all need two hours. But I'm going to tell you who needs two hours. Brett Favre and Chili need two hours to be in a room together. Because I, I was about to start talking about the hit, of course, on the receiver when the Philadelphia Eagles were playing the New England Patriots. I'm sorry, when they were playing the Indianapolis Colts. 
and, and the two men collided on the receiver who had time to catch the ball and protect himself. Let, let's be honest. The instant replay showed you. He ducked his shoulder. He tucked, he tucked himself so much so that his, his shoulder, I mean, his, 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 his body uh, was to the point where the ball was up under him and his back was bent. You know, he was halfway bent over, almost as if he was going down to the ground when contact was made to him. Very similar to what happened last year when, of course, uh, Anquan Bowden, you know, and I do not condone this, but Anquan was actually hit in the head because he was actually knocked in another direction from his initial hit. In this particular case, I think the person that was penalized for hitting a defensive receiver, uh, that was a very bogus call. And then the helmet-to-helmet thing, which would happen, uh, again, that to me, he was hitting to the man. And then when you fall on the ground and your head hits the ground, that's, that's another impact of which we can't control. And, and so there was obviously a blow with the shoulder, and he was not defenseless. You know, and, and here's the thing. If he is defenseless, can I hit him with my shoulder or I, if he's defenseless, I just got to let him come down to the ground and then I got to hit him. Because, see, receivers are so talented that as they're in the air, what they can do is they can grab the ball, they can control it, and they can tuck it, and then they can come down. And if, if you let them grab it in the air while they're, as you say, defenseless, secure it, tuck it in, and then come down on the ground with two feet, I'm standing there waiting to tackle you. What kind of mess? Come on. Come on. Listen to my show up there one time in the league office. Just listen to the show one time and think about what you're saying. And listen to what I say. And I'm saying I got a receiver, very talented receiver, jumps up, catches a ball in the air, grabs it with his two big mitts, tucks it in, pulls it in the way he's taught, comes down. Now I got to wait. I got there at the same time. We, we arrived at the same point at the same time. I got to wait for him to come down on the ground, put two feet on the ground, then hit him. Because if not, I'm hitting a defenseless receiver. Oh, come on. Let me just tap him. Let me just tap him then. That's the case. Because therefore, you're asking me to tackle in such a way that I've never been taught to tackle like that. I've been taught to run through that receiver. Now, if you tell me to try to tackle another way, chances are I'm going to miss that tackle. If I miss that tackle, he's going to run for a touchdown. And now what's going to happen to me is I am going to, of course, I'm going to get cut. I'm going to lose my job. Another thing, you got these players that you're asking them to tackle with their shoulders. I saw a couple of them, including Troy Palomaro when he he hit uh, Terrell Owens last night. Good hit. Shoulder tackle. He didn't wrap him up, go through him like he would have, you know, and, and you could see that coming. You could see that Troy saw that coming. I guarantee you, if you ask Troy about that play and if you ask T.O. about that play, you'll get two responses from NFL players that you never got in your life. For one, T.O. was somewhat concerned because he saw the man in front of him that was about to collide with him. But two, he wasn't concerned as much as he would have been if he was playing Troy two years ago because two years ago, Troy would have took him out. He now knows that Troy is not only aware, but Troy has actually spoke to the commissioner and the commissioner he have had a discussion about what you might do to protect players and make sure we have a more safe football game. 
And so Troy was consciously aware last night that, okay, I can't just take him out the way I used to, so I'm just going to hit him with my shoulder. Last night was a perfect example of the new football game and what it's done and how it's changed some of the great football players that play the game. There's two great ones there. Both of those young men may end up in a Pro Football Hall of Fame. They've got a body of work. And, of course, they've got the numbers and the years and everything that goes along with that body of work. And they're respected enough that they should be in consideration. And they may even be. I mean, if it wasn't for what some people believe is T.O. in his locker room, um, you know, antics and, you know, lack of being a team player. You know, if it weren't for that, you know, T.O., wow, he would be the most desired player out there based upon his availability these past few years. You know, everybody would have been going after him if he had a different um, reputation as it, re- as it pertains to his, uh, his locker room activities and his comfort level or the player's comfort level with him in their locker room. But anyway, last night, perfect example of the new football. You saw it, and, and that's what you can expect going forward. Uh, as I look at those games last week, listen, Tony Bowie. Yeah, boy, I, I got your information, man. Now, nah, I picked mm, games last week with Tony Bowie. I got nine of them right, and I got four of them wrong. Now, one game that I got wrong last week. Now, I, come on. I didn't want to be a homer, but I, I, I just didn't feel that the Cleveland Browns was going to beat the New England Patriots. I, I, just, I just didn't feel that. You know, on paper, we know that any given day, but on paper, it wasn't there. I even got to say this. I didn't want to be a homer, but on paper, Mike Vick, Peyton Manning, I ain't talking about those two head-to-head, but maybe I am. You know, Mike coming back, Peyton been in his groove all this time. I thought Mike might have had a little rust on him. Michael Vick is becoming the quarterback of which everybody thought he could if he got into a system with the coach. Michael Vick, talking about respect, coaches, players, egos. Mike Vick and Andy Reid have developed a relationship very much, I believe, like the working relationship. I don't know about off the field, but working relationship of Donovan and Andy doing their tenure. They're tender together. That's what it looks like Mike and Andy are in this thing together. Okay, you win, I win. I win, you win. That's what it looks like. Why can't Chili do that with Brad Favre up there? How did that happen? How in the world is it that Brad Childers chose Brett Favre? Did he know that Brett didn't like him? Did, he, did Brett know that Brett didn't like him? What's going on? How could you guys just want to get together? I mean, you guys pursued each other. It's almost like, wow, uh, uh, you know, I, I can't even give an example. Who, who would choose each other? I guess it's like a marriage. You end up getting a divorce. But you chose each other. Now you're getting a divorce. You know, these two, they went out of their way, circled around different teams, went up to New York for a year so I could get back to Minnesota. Left Green Bay, went to New York, and then ended up in Minnesota. Then left Minnesota, went home, stayed down on the farm, had the fellas come get you on a private jet and bring you back. And you don't get along? You hate each other? Man, what happened? Something had to happen. You, you've been successful, guys. You haven't got that Super Bowl championship. Maybe you guys blaming each other. Don't blame each other. Minnesota Vikings got it all. Even with Randy Moss gone, Minnesota Vikings got enough that they could win the Super Bowl. Come on, fellas. Get it right. Put your ego aside. Set on it. As Woody Hayes would say, sit 
on your ego. It ain't about your ego. It's about a win. Do whatever it takes. Minnesota Vikings, I like it. Make it happen. Make it happen. You listen to Radio Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And let the players wear the best, most safe, available helmet in the world. I'm out. But you still be my star Baby, cause in the dark You can't see shiny Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.